0: Big company news as well from the big Australian from BHP announcing a massive 86% profit fall, but it does still hold the title as the big Australian and the biggest company on the ASX. The bottom line on the face of it, though, not pretty. Today reporting a statutory net profit down by that 86% to 927 US million dollars or 1.42 billion Aussie dollars, which is an eight year low. For BHP, though, Very much a tale of two metals: one going through the roof and the other dismal. Iron ore, which is the company's bread and butter, still a standout. Prices are sky high, delivering 77% of the company's underlying earnings. But nickel is BHP's problem child, with a massive slump in prices, seeing it lose 200 US million or 306 million Australian over the last six months, and they're now looking at possibly getting out of nickel altogether. So shareholders, they're not going away empty-handed, though. They get a US $0.72 interim dividend. But with the nickel arm of the company dragging the rest down, some tough decisions will soon have to be made. David Lamont is the Chief Financial Officer for BHP, and he's with me now. David, welcome to Money News.
1: Good to be with you, Deborah.
0: So you've still delivered a profit in the billions of dollars, thank you very much, but probably a harder year overall for the company. Is that a, a good read? Mixed emotions, perhaps, about the result?
1: Look, mixed emotions, but what I would say is the underlying performance was still very solid. Uh, What you did see is obviously some exceptional items, which played out to the attributable profit. But what we did see is our EBITDA up some 5%, which underscores the strength that we saw in our iron ore and copper business.
0: Well, that's it. The iron ore division, which is the backbone of the the company, it's pushing on. Has it been a happy coincidence, though, that the prices have been very high?
1: Well, look, um, certainly what we did see was 21% increase in our iron ore price, half on half. Uh, What does underscore that is the strength that we did still see in China, whereby the China steel output will be over a billion tonnes again this year. Uh, And so that's underpinned that iron ore demand and obviously the pricing that actually played through. Having said that, what we need to be able to do is control the bits that we can and what you would have seen is our C1 cash costs at less than sixteen US dollars a, a tonne has meant that we've actually continued to manage those costs uh, well across our business and the gap between us and our nearest competitor has continued to grow.
0: And do you expect that the iron ore price will remain at those elevated levels?
1: Well, I'd like to think so, but the reality is we do forecast that iron ore prices probably have a floor more around $80 to $100 a tonne. Um, That's our position, has been over the medium uh, position. That hasn't altered. Um, Certainly what you have seen, though, is it's underpinned by the demand within China. Uh, there, There was a bit of a change there whereby overall output of steel in China from a demand perspective has moved from about 35% being into the real estate segment now to closer to 20 to 25%. But offsetting that has been the growth that you've seen in industrials, manufacturing, largely underpinned by the growth that we're seeing in the decarb side of things. So a lot of focus initially in the iron ore side of things was around the real estate segment in China, and, um, Those concerns are valid, but it's been more than offset by growth that we've seen in other parts of the China economy.
0: And you'd no doubt be hoping that the Chinese government comes out with a big stimulus agenda. Can you see that actually occurring?
1: Um, Well, we can see that as a potential. I will say to you, that's not what we're banking on. Uh, We're banking on uh, probably around a bit over 4% growth um, that we're seeing across the board. Uh, which is slightly lower than what some market expectations are. Having said that, if the stimulus package uh, within China and they're able to actually stimulate that real estate segment, then that would be pleasing for us, obviously. But um, we're managing what we can on the iron ore market. And as I said, I'll just come back to our cost performance versus our peers.
0: And I hope that you've got some nice Christmas cards from the government and from the Treasurer in particular, Jim Chalmers, because the rise in the price of iron ore has very much helped the government balance sheet too. Should you get more credit from the government than you do?
1: Look, we'll leave others to decide where the credit should go from a government perspective. Did but you get a Christmas side, card, by the way? No, I didn't get a Christmas oh card. Uh, <laughs> but what I would say to you is that, you know, what is underpinned is the strong performance of BHP uh, and the dividend that we actually did announce is some seventy-two U.S. cents per share, which will get paid on the twenty-eighth of March. You know, that equates to around about a dollar ten for our Australian shareholders. And that directly benefits the 17 million shareholders that own us either directly or indirectly. So, um, you know, what we are pleased about is the contribution that we're making to the shareholders of BHP and the Australian economy in that sense, but also obviously through the taxes and royalties that we do pay.
0: And you are impacted by government legislation and you will be by changes to industrial relations. I have read that the same job, same pay legislation could cause quite a few dramas with your business. What are the implications?
1: Well, look, we've been on the record that same job, same pay will cost us about $1.3 billion uh, per annum. Uh, Now, having gone through the legislation, we now need to wait and see how unions react to that and and obviously move things forward. Again, what we need to focus on is the bit that we can control now that the legislation is there. Um, We think that it does create less competitive um, landscape for us within Australia. Uh, We are a global company and we obviously have choices as to where we will deploy capital and it makes it harder when uh, we have the sorts of uh, productivity issues that we do face in Australia alongside labour productivity.
0: So could we see more automation to make up for high labour costs in Australia?
1: Uh, Not only in Australia, but globally, yes. I mean, the industry as such needs to continue to look at how can we use technology as an enabler to improve our productivity. Um, Autonomous trucks are one example of that, and we'll continue to uh, roll that out across our operations. Most significantly, we're doing that in Western Australia, iron ore, uh, and we'll continue to do this so. So jobs will be lost? Well, what I'm saying is that we need to obviously be reflective of our overall cost position on a global basis. Uh, As you would expect with any industry, we need to lever what we can from a technology perspective uh, and continue to see how we can optimise our operations.
0: And just on costs, how are interest rates and inflation affecting the cost of the business?
1: Well, certainly what we've seen uh, half on half is that we're starting to come off the high point of inflation. Uh, what we have seen is reduction in energy-related input costs, so take that as diesel and power, largely. Uh, but we are still seeing a lag effect coming through of inflation, principally in relation to labour that we just talked about, but also in relation to parts. Uh, and that's where we need to continue to obviously look at what we can do to offset some of that.
0: One of the problem areas is the nickel division, and nickel is a problem child for everyone at the moment, but the government's planning for tax credits to help the industry. Is that going to be enough?
1: Well, firstly, let me start by saying you're right around the overall Western Australian nickel market and just how that's playing through. Uh, A number of players in the industry have already announced that they've moved into care and maintenance. Um, One thing that is quite different for us versus others is we have downstream processing. So that's refinery and smelting capacity. And therefore, what we have said is that we will, as a matter of urgency, review the operations given the loss-making position it's in today and assess what is the the best way forward in relation to our nickel operations. Um, that will take into account anything that the government may or may not do, uh, but equally we're here to invest over the, the medium to long term and that will be our assessment.
0: All right, well we'll wait and see if you get that Christmas card this year. David, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Uh, thanks very much.
0: David Lamont there, Chief Financial Officer with BHP.